And then slowly but surely, you're like, okay, well, let me just start making something. And the more that you're making something, now you're not waiting on other people. Right. And, and this very, you're, you're talking about like energy shifts, you know, yep. if you start making the project, suddenly people start gravitating towards that. Mm-hmm. It is so true how the yep. second you just start. You are listening to episode 26 of Tried and True with Caroline. On today's episode, I'm talking with Emily Zercher and Shane Brady, who are the creators of the new movie, breathing happy. We talk about what it is like to write, direct, as well as act in a low budget indie film. Breathing Happy brings to light the disparities that we face or that families face when dealing with loved ones in addiction. Breathing Happy shows us that there is no limit to the human spirit when you combine magic, love, and the will to change. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Emily and Shane as much as I enjoyed recording it with them. This is Tried and True, a place to chat about how aligning your daily wellness routine, mindset, and self-care contribute to building meaningful businesses and relationships while curating an empowered and fulfilling life. Being an entrepreneur isn't easy, and learning to balance all of the things is another story. Through these podcasts, my goal is to bring creative conversations to the table that empower, enlighten, and elevate your workspace wherever you are listening. And if you're looking for a place that's going to support that big dream of yours, replace your doubt with, you gotta do this thing, know that progress is better than perfection and momentum is magic, you're in the right place. And you know that thing that you keep looking for, that you believe is going to change everything? I've got news for you. If you're still looking for it, I have your answer. Go and look in the mirror. You are the answer, my friend. I believe that the messages we hear are never a coincidence. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears. By listening to these conversations with experts, thought leaders, and fellow entrepreneurs, and more, you are opening the channels of expansion and allowing new sources of inspiration to ripple across your brainwaves, reminding you to come home to your already amazing self. Learn from the past, be wildly curious in the now, and blaze a new trail to the future. So if this sounds like your sort of conversation, I've got a seat reserved just for you. Welcome and thank you so much for joining me here. I'm your host, Caroline, and let's get this show started. Welcome everyone to Tried and True with Caroline. On today's episode, I have two fabulous people I have Emily Zercher and Shane Brady, and they are the writers, directors, creators of the new movie, Breathing Happy. Just a little bit of background on the two of them. It's probably not going to do them justice, but I'm going to do my best because this is literally like my version of like a superpower couple. Um, Forget (laughs) like Jay-Z and Beyonce, like 
Shane and Emily to me are just like, yeah, I'm on the red carpet right now and I'm interviewing two amazing humans. So here we go. All right. Emily, which I've coined the, just the Hollywood badass babe, even if she's not in Hollywood right now. Um, A few credentials to mention with her is that she's basically the behind the scenes of the Emmys, the Oscars, the country music awards, and so many, so many more things. Um, And if you literally want something done, you just give it to Emily to do and it will be done. No questions asked. Right. And then we have Shane actor, both in TV and movies. Um, He does voiceovers magician, which we do need to fit in somewhere in there because I love magic, Um, an athlete, hockey player, and from Tampa. But again, another thing we've got to talk about (laughs) and a fellow Noel. Do they, are they aware? I mean, are they going to put like a, like a something special in the film school about this? Cause I hope they do. Cause if they're not going to, then we need to call Florida state. So without further ado, Emily and Shane, welcome. Hello. Hello. Well, that was quite the intro. I've I've had better. You only talked about oh, me for two stop. and a half minutes. Can you tell he's four, the actor? Four tops is like, or minimum. I mean, it's he's, he's you the did actor, fine. just yeah. full full <laughs> ego, full. Well, I didn't want to read like the whole bio sheet because I figured we needed to be done by like ten. So yeah, if yeah, I yeah, read yeah, yeah. your your resume credentials on on the you know on your page, then we would be here for way way longer. Yeah. But yeah. So very impressive. I mean, I, I, again, this is kind of like, seriously, the power couple of 2022. So anybody out there, this is my version. So here we go. We appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) Before we get into like the whole movie thing, I just want to, do you mind if I read just the background of the basis of the movie? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Okay. Okay. Breathing Happy follows a man named Dylan played fantastically by Brady who is grappling with sobriety on Christmas. Dylan, a recovering drug addict, is about to celebrate being one year sober, but his attempt at dealing with the loss of his family and his dog seems to be getting in the way of his success. Dylan's unusual odyssey begins when he finds his front door standing wide open, alarms going off, and his sick dog, Angel, is missing. Along the way, Dylan uses magic as a form of communication as he interacts with inanimate objects, and sees flashbacks of Christmas's past with his family. Breathing Happy also stars Caitlin Nakin, June Carroll, Augie Duke, and Justin Benson. Almost anyone should find Brady's incredible portrayal of Dylan relatable. We've all made mistakes and we all have demons. Dylan's magical, mystical quest for sobriety forces him to face some difficult truths about himself, as well as his relationships with his lost family members. Navigating grief and recovery isn't supposed to be easy. It would be much easier for Dylan to just give in and take the drugs his old drug dealer will always be offering. The fact that Dylan doesn't immediately choose to escape into a haze of substances says a lot about him as a person and his desire to be sober. Through mesmerizing hallucinatory visuals and the fact that Dylan is appealing and funny, breathing happy isn't just Dylan's journey. It's also the viewer's emotional journey. 
Due to Brady's captivating portrayal of Dylan, it's easy to sympathize with him. Dylan likes to do magic tricks, which also seems to give him a connection to his family and his past. He has endured so much tragedy and pain, yet he still has the will to live and to be a better person. The post credit scene and dedication at the end are the perfect conclusion to Dylan's story and are guaranteed to leave you in tears. Oh, that's such a sweet uh, write-up. Thank you. So, I mean, I haven't seen the film because I haven't been to a film festival yet. And I also wanted to mention that you won the Audience Award for Best Feature at the Chattanooga Film Festival. So congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was really awesome for us. This being your first film, correct? The two with yes. the two of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What has surprised you the most at this point of the game with the movie? So like the sadly the majority of answers when it comes to making art, you know, we'll we'll put it in a little box of like making a movie is like metaphorically, I guess it's kind of like having a kid where some people will be like, you got to buy the 12 baby books and that's how you'll figure it out. And then some people are like, don't buy a book. That's stupid. You need to do this, you know, and that's the proper way to raise a child. Um, the thing that has surprised me the most um, with this film, um, I've been lucky enough to be an actor in so many other projects on television and film that I felt like I had all the confidence in the world for Mm -hmm. us to pull this off, Mm -hmm. you know, because having Emily by my side during COVID where I could turn to her for free, which you don't get with production (laughs) at any time and go, Hey, did we make sure that we got our ducks in a row and the T's crossed and the I's dotted? Um, But, but the biggest surprise has been just how, the ideation of the project and how I saw it in my head. And then once we got the cast involved and my cinematographer, Evans Asimopoulos, and then these two gentlemen who also helped bring it to life, uh, Christopher Dudley, who did the score and Matthew Reisinger, who did sounds. All Florida people. All Florida people. <laughs> and uh, Jamie Parslow, who also helped executive produce from afar and on site while working a full-time job. He's another Florida person. Um, strangely enough, we found out during this movie, we, we, his mom lives a five minute walking distance from my childhood home, like nuts, nuts stuff. Um, it's that it was made so much vastly better Mm -hmm. by having all of them involved. And usually that is not the case. You know, usually the biggest fear and trick in Hollywood is you have this great idea, but now you have to get the great idea onto final draft and into a script. And then people have to like the script and then you have to find the right people to make the script work. And then you have to get the camera in the right position and then you have to capture the performance and then you have to edit it in a way. So there's, there's so many steps and levels to it that the, you know, obviously the hope from the get go was that we would make a project that everybody loved and would want to vote for as right. you know the best feature and um you know we we executed it clearly very well because it's had a really warm reception just uh after its first festival and we've had we we can announce that we're doing popcorn frights film festival which is going to be our theatrical debut in miami florida on august 21st and we also have a couple other 
selections that we've already been made that the announcements will come out at, they're like dominoes you got to have the one fall and then you announce the next one and the next one so it's it's been exciting so to answer what was the biggest surprise of it all um i guess would be how impossible it is to make anything yeah it seems like mm-hmm. everything is impossible until it's possible and you just have to get over that threshold over and over and over again and that goes with anything whether it is making a movie that's also a cathartic therapy piece or if you're doing literally anything in life that you're passionate about there's so many thresholds you have to overcome in order to get to that end goal and there is never an end goal like it never stops mm-hmm. <laughs> we're still like okay it's done but and we did this now what now you got to do this okay you just keep yeah. now, now the poster through. now the trailer now the sizzle now the bloopers now the behind the scenes I, now, yeah like... it's just it's a never-ending never-ending uh marathon of passion and chaos but it is fun i would so much rather be doing that than like literally having to listen to anyone else telling me what to do (laughs) angrily end of sentence (laughs) (laughs) now do you think that had you known what the process was going to entail after the fact would you still go back and do it the same way Or are there things that you now know that possibly for the next one that you do will definitely shortcut and maybe, you know, help? For sure. The second one, for sure. The second one, Um, which, you know, I've, I've made, help me out here, Emily. I think I've made like uh, 15 short films, Mm -hmm. you know, and if, if I look back at the first two or three, I'm proud of, of them and they're good, but if I had the time, I would just open up the hard drive and re-edit it and mm-hmm. do another pass of sound design and color. And and now I know how to make things funnier and tighter and quicker and better. Um, so the grand things that I would, that we already know we're going to do going into the next movie, um, I'm now a billion times better at editing. Um, I'll, I'll let Emily talk about how many days she would turn the corner and he didn't think he was going to edit the whole film. And so when you get the surprise that you are, yeah, because life happened pretty fast. I mean, for anybody in the entertainment industry, uh, to speak plainly, yeah, honestly, COVID hit like a ton of bricks and two weeks to flatten the curve turned into two months into two years (laughs) and we kind of were like oh we'll have people and then it seemed like people to help us and people to do stuff and then everybody all of a sudden got swooped up into their own work worlds and everybody got thrown into their own tornadoes because once the entertainment world came back it came back with a vengeance and so we all kind of had to learn how to hunker down and join the tornado of our own little journey (laughs) yeah and do it ourselves and I say do it ourselves I did not touch editing once (laughs) (laughs) I am not and you know I think that the editing thing you know in the in the world of podcasting I feel like I can go back like I can edit a podcast and then I'll Mm -hmm. go back through again and do like another sweep and I'm like man that doesn't like do I really need that in there or can I clean up the sound and and that's another question I have for you is at what point do you just say, okay, I'm just done with the editing or is it, are you, do you think we over, like, do you over edit? 
because I feel like I kind of over edit sometimes Mm -hmm. and, and I want to just, I want to nip that in the bud right now because I don't want to, if I want to keep this podcasting career going, I edit everything on myself. Like I am the one man band right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of time. Like people underestimate, like you say with the whole film thing, like I can only imagine, like I can only imagine that, that production, but the editing I'm sure was just a massive, massive. Have, Have you seen Bo Burnham's inside it's on Netflix? No, you, as, as someone who edits your own content, you would love it to, to oversimplify, it was about what it was around Christmas or something that we watched Bo Burnham's thing. Oh, I don't know. It was it was somewhere <laughs> it was nominated in the, for an Emmy last yeah. year, so it came out sometime in twenty twenty one. Yeah, to, to oversimplify, I and I. By the way, I talk in a, a popcorn maker, so forgive me, my brain. Which, if you watch, yeah, if you watch you, the movie, when you watch the movie, you'll go, ah, yeah, his um, thoughts are just like this. I <laughs> thought, yeah, I thought that it would take me six months of honest work, like you know, the proverbial nine to five, to get this movie to a point where I'm like, good, I think it's done, let's go. Mm-hmm. And that six months was really like a year plus like 13 14 months or something like that Mm -hmm. and there were so many days where I would like with that thousand yard stare walk into the kitchen and be like how am I still editing the red and green room with me and Hugh who's the the drug guy um you'll see the movie you'll know what I'm talking about the red and green room and coming full circle Bo Burnham uh when COVID hit did this special on Netflix and there's like seven times during his special where he's just, it's a one man thing where it's just him and cameras and he's making music. And he's like, I thought I was going to be done with this six months ago. And I Mm. think that all I've accomplished is making a big steaming pile of nothing that nobody would ever want to watch. So the amount of times that I would be Mm. editing and I would step out and be like, oh man, we're really in trouble. This is the worst thing that anyone's ever made. Why did I spend so much money on this? Why am I thinking that I can edit it myself? I need to just hit control, alt, delete, and just... Just, just punt the hard drive to somebody else to save our soul. And, and then you cry and then you go to the gym and you take two days to step away. And then you go back and you're like, all right, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Um, so you would, yeah, that's life, right? (laughs) It is. And you would, you would love Bo Burnham, but, uh, I feel like this is going to be a motif to answer your original question. When I knew we were done uh luckily I was able to there's this program called Frankie where you can watch things at the same exact time as your team mm-hmm. so it would be myself Chris Dudley again who did score Matt who was doing sound design and Jamie Parslow who was the executive producer and sometimes Emily would sit in and we would watch the movie stop and start so it would take three evenings four hours each evening of play the movie okay stop what if we did this what if we did that what no you have to and so the um the amount of times, probably two dozen, that I would be very proud of a scene and I would show it and the elephant in the room would be like, I think you need to redo that scene. And I just quietly in my head would be like, no, that took me so long. But then you'd be like, nope, you're right. But that's why they also say the director writer isn't supposed to be the same person that edits. Because because you start to go, I worked so hard on that, so I'm not going to give it up. And everyone else Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, but it kind of (laughs) sucks. Yeah. So you um, can't have any attachment. And again, that's another right. life situation. Right. You can't get and, too attached to things. Yep. You know, when, when you think about you being the actor, 
And then you're also editing your own work. I mean, I sometimes think about myself and I'm in, in just listening to myself on podcasts and I'm like, I sound ridiculous. Like oh, why yeah. everybody hates their own voice and what their is own that? Love, like, so. why, why do we, I mean, I can only imagine actor. being the actor yeah. and having to edit myself acting like for, kudos to you, dude, because I don't think I could do that. That's why we wanted to make it 50-50 initially, which, which, by the way, this, I want to be clear that this is not like a passive aggressive thing, but my Jamie Parsla was supposed to edit the other 50%. He, his job at IGN blew up. He tried, he Again, literally entertainment couldn't. Industry just entertainment came back industry. With a vengeance and um, nobody was expecting it. Yeah. And so that was, that was kind of like unofficially the thing of like, all right, you take care of my ugly mug. So I don't have to stare at it the whole time and I'll take care of the other people and we'll figure it out. And then, yeah, it ended up being, all right which is which is also i think why i edited the movie so chaotically Mm -hmm. because there would be times where i had my selects and you know i would have a lot of conversations with my director photography about you know constructing a visual narrative and so anytime it was chaos we kind of stumbled upon this thing of like oh what if we did like double speak you know, and, and you'll see when you see the movie, I have a lot of characters repeating themselves mm. over and over. And it kind of was, was pretty cool. So um, getting to edit it yourself, I kind of stumbled upon some happy accidents like that. Okay, so the, the movie is about addiction. You know, you think of all the movies that maybe you could have come up with to produce um, in being such a COVID being such a, I guess you could probably call it like a dark time, if mm-hmm. you will. What made you come to the decision that you needed to create a movie that was going to be kind of a heavy movie to produce because it's 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 tough to talk about. It's not like something that, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a really touchy, it's a touchy subject, but needed, but very much needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I feel like it was, I've I've always wanted to make, a movie slash this movie and I think it was just like a series of really crippling anxiety panic attacks uh not I mean not just myself you too Mm -hmm. when when we were we were selling these rainbow home cleaning systems in Houston Texas uh I think you gotta back up a little bit I know we have to back up but (laughs) we you're, well, I mean, like uh, yeah. the reason we made the movie is because like we we tried to like sell fucking life insurance and then sell these vacuums we to make money to, to make the every, movie. Everything possible under the sun to make money to make the movie, but also the reason that you chose addiction is because it was more of like a cathartic situation for you yeah. to where um we uh to, you can yeah. speak more on this because you have more experience and that's why you wrote it yeah but years of therapy brought you to dealing with situations yeah like if if i tried to make this movie five years ago it would only be angry like that's Mm -hmm. it it would only be an angry movie so i reached a point in my life where um thanks to therapy and thanks to people finding recovery um i thought it would be really cool to make a movie about addiction from all angles that didn't have these tropes that you typically deal with that was told in a non-linear way and I thought that I could make something that nobody had ever seen before um, which a lot of people have been saying which makes me very happy Um, but at the same time having somebody to help produce like Emily whose father 
I'll, I'll let you kind of continue the sentence because right. your so influence Shane, helps so much. Shane's uh, life with addiction comes from others, which everybody has somebody that they've lost due to addiction and drugs and alcohol and everything else, both whether they passed away or they lost them because they are no longer who they used to be. And so Shane's experience with addiction was always angry. And then when we met, my dad, who passed away se- um, seven years ago, he was an addictions counselor. So I always grew up learning to empathize with addicts, learning to understand, hey, this is just like any kind of mental illness. It's not their fault. Like, right. this is just what happens sometimes. And like, it's very hard to recover. It's just a constant battle that they're dealing with. And so me being more empathetic and Shane being more, I guess, just straight up angry, <laughs> straight, up, straight up angry. Yep. Um, he, you went to therapy for years because of it. Cause you did, didn't want to have that anger towards people that dealt with addiction. Yeah. And so then you wrote, you told me you wrote this short script. So, so yeah, there, there is, I don't want to give it away, but there is a scene in the movie that is almost word for word a literal experience that I had on a Christmas Eve where I was dealing with somebody in the throes of like, okay, we're juggling ice cream cones on Jupiter instead of being present in this moment. And it was like three in the morning and we had a baby in the house and stuff. And I was like, what the hell is my life? What is this? And there was a, a voice in my head. My my mentor is uh, John Aquino, who plays the father in the film. And John's mentor was Charles Nelson Riley. And John always says this thing that Charles Nelson Riley used to say, which was, you can't write that. You can't write that. That's That's special. That's, no one can come up with that. And I heard that voice and I just opened up Final Draft and I was like, I'm just going to type. Like mm-hmm. literally how this went. And I typed like this 20 page thing. And I want to say that was a decade ago. And it just always sat on my laptop. And it was always this thing of like, maybe you should expand on it. So during COVID, I did. And then uh, we both got COVID and ruined Christmas 2020, Yeah, which was funny. Um, <laughs> I, I won't say who, but there were other members of my extended family who absolutely went psycho bitch 2.0 and they should not have. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, I, I was able to sit with my laptop for three weeks and just do nothing but work on that and be sick. And uh, and then we were like, all right, I think we got something. Let's do it. Let's just, it's kind of like going on vacation. Like if you book the flight, well, now you're screwed. Now you got to go to Tahiti. Now you got to right. go to Thailand. You know, right. you, got a month, right. you got a month to figure it out. Right. And I think sometimes that's when our best ideas come to light because you don't have the choice. Like you have to do what you set out to say, you know, to do what you said you were going to do. And I think that when you're genuinely in that moment and you're, you're in the throes of it, you just have that, I don't know, like energetically things just start to come to you because you open up that channel of this is what I was meant to do. And things just start to come to you. I think it's really amazing that you chose to to take this topic because it's a very difficult topic, especially when you know people that have gone through it. And it's it's not easy because every time you say that word, it just throws you back into that space of where you remember that person being. 
and how you know the the detrimental effect that it had on everyone around in the situation yeah so based on your your character portrayal what do you think helps to to be the turnaround when someone has kind of reached that point where it's like a do or die situation like if we don't turn this person around i mean what is it that finally you know people go into into rehab you know, multiple times. I mean, maybe some rare go in one time and then it's a one and done, but I I don't know that that's all the time. What is it that do you think turns someone around at that point where they just, they're just done? Like they, they know that they no longer want to live this type of life. If, if I knew that answer, I would have personally applied that recipe to my two buddies who died of addiction and I would have applied it to different people way, way on. I think, I think it is this amorphous blob that is ever changing shapes and colors and textures. And the second you say that's a pink triangle made out of sandpaper, it changes into a Rottweiler that's polka dots and it bites your hand off because you just misinterpreted what you were supposed to do. You know, I think, I think it's a combination of, you need people to kick you in the teeth and leave you on the gutter when it's raining and say, you should just rot here because that's where you belong. And then you need people to wrap a blanket around you and say, it's okay. Of course, sweetheart, I love you. We'll get through this. You know, I think it's a weird combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't. One, yeah. One thing I know growing up with a father who specialized in this is there was no answer and only the addict can help themselves. Mm. So you can't force an addict to want to become clean. And that's kind of also why it's so hard to deal with addicts, because if you have a disease, usually you go to the doctor and there's Mm -hmm. cures and there's medicine. If you're an addict, you, you just wait for the addict to care. And sometimes like never do. And that's kind of the, why it's such a hard, like, hard topic for people. And I think that's also Mm -hmm. why mental health and everything during COVID, especially, I mean, addiction just became so much worse. Mental health became so much worse. People turned to drugs to escape the harsh reality that we were all living. And it's why like, there is no recipe for success for addiction and it sucks. And that's why I think it's just one of those things that this will never get better until we figure it out. And I don't, I don't know if we ever will figure what, it out. What I'm hoping is that, um, like, metaphorically, when uh, when the x-ray was invented, you didn't mm-hmm. know if somebody's bones were broken unless they, like, clearly would hold up their elbow and their arm is in three different places, you know. Mm-hmm. But then we invented the x-ray and they would go, right. oh, look, we can, we can see the bones now. Um, right. I look forward to the day where they can just go, and they scan your brain and they go, oh, if we just fixed these two little things in your brain that are broken, you'll be able to mm-hmm. feel love and receive the help you need because we had to just fix the two wonky parts of your brain. Right. You want to say that you would think that medicine is far enough advanced now to where we could actually run a scan or do some kind of test in that way. But I think there's just too many other variables to factor in. I mean, obviously there's something there that's creating this, this dependency on this, this drug or whatever it is. Well, yeah, just think, just think of like opioids or, I mean, like that's, Mm -hmm. 
in ideation, oh, I'm in pain because of surgery. So take this thing. But if you're fine and you're healthy and you take this thing now, suddenly, ooh, my spine is tingly and I feel good because there's no surgerized area to attack. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Right, right. How did you choose to want to use the magic in your film as the, I guess, the escape yeah. or the, the mind, um, I guess, to, to take your mind off of, you know, instead of going to the substance, you use the magic to alter your state. Yeah. So luckily, uh, luckily, it's a funny way to start that sentence. Uh, when I was eight, I got my finger cut off by a boat trailer. And so part of my physical therapy was grabbing like foam objects. And then eventually it was uh, learning how to pick up little single cards because I don't have any feeling on the tip of my right index finger. And very long story short, by the time I got to college, I really started getting into card magic. And uh, I've learned throughout my time in Hollywood that the best way to tell a story is to not be literal about it, to kind of speak in metaphor and tongue in cheek, because um, instead of walking up to somebody and saying two plus two is four, it's more effective to go, what's two plus two? Because then the audience goes four and they feel like they're a part of it. Right. And with magic, with magic, if, if people love magic and they're really into it, you turn into a five-year-old the second you see magic, right? Mm-hmm. I know I do. Yeah, It, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is. And one of the big aspects of this movie is uh, June Carroll, who plays the mom. Um, I I do not have children, so I don't know what this is like. But in having lots of conversations with people whose children became addicts, some of them are like, you know, other people see this 30-year-old who looks like the Crypt Keeper, but I see the five-year-old who mm-hmm. just just needs their parent, you know? Yes. And so I was like, what if I could show Dylan through the lens of magic because that's one of my special skills and it's something different I haven't seen before but it also might elicit empathy from the audience because they would view my character as a five-year-old they would view my character as this like playful Mm. you know character just messing around with cards but it also deals with choice there's a there's a scene in the movie that um hints at the fact that a magician is always in control. That's the whole point is that the magician knows where the cards are going and how they're being dealt. And you as the, you know, volunteer think that you have influence or free choice, but you really don't. You're just stuck in your little, you know, in this trap. So I kind of created this metaphor that a lot of addicts feel that way of, well, I really don't have any free choice. I'm no matter what I do, I'm just going to get dealt the same card over and over. So what's the point? Why should I even try? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the the ideation and the exploration of all of that. So maybe they can use that magic as a a metaphor to, I don't know, like in treatment facilities. And I know this might sound like way out in left field, but what if somebody actually went into treatment facilities doing magic? Mm-hmm. and and really creating a different a different view of what they're looking at day in and day out that causes them that that causes that creative side of the brain to actually take effect that, i think that'd be really cool that's something to explore for I sure mean, i don't know i mean it's just an idea but you know trying to think of of ways to to help you know in using the movie not just using the movie but and there's a reason why you came up with that to use in your movie to be the distraction or to be the 
the the central part of what you decided to do to keep yourself from going back to that substance because it it had to have created some type of alteration in your thought process to to keep you from going back to that comfort zone of the dealer that's just ready to take all the pain away which is what you want right yeah yeah for sure so yeah what about lessons for filmmakers who see this movie who want to i mean being that you have so many under your belt what would be something that you might tell them if they're just starting off or they maybe they've got a couple of them that they've done you know what what is your biggest takeaway from taking on a project such as this surround yourself with like-minded really talented friends lean on them when you don't know things um i I personally am not this like totalitarian filmmaker or creative if if somebody knows how to do something better i want to know take it yeah take it (laughs) right Right. i want to know how how did you build the thing and and i want i want to lean on that um but the other like i know it's just the Nike slogan of just do it, but you you have to feel free to fail and create mm-hmm. and spend years and years and years disciplining yourself, making a whole bunch of stuff that has funny moments, but eh, that kind of sucks. Or eh, it's kind of scary, but that sucks. And eh, this short film is fun. Or, oh, that was really good. Eh, you took a step back because that's what you have to do. You know, you have to, you just have to keep making the stuff. And then eventually, you know, if you love the craft, the craft will love you back, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I know I speak for Emily too and and weigh in, but like any time in my life that I look at my bank account and I get genuinely scared and I'm like, okay, I need to go do something to make money for a minute. And then I'll return to this four months will go by and I'm just miserable. And after the fact, I might've made a little bit of money, but I'll look at myself in the mirror and be like, well, I would have just been a lot happier had I just kept doing what I loved. And who knows, maybe I would be farther along the, the rainbow trail if I kept doing that. I don't know. The rainbow trail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think uh, also just the whole thing of being in control of your own creativity as well sadly means that you have to be the one that has the money to do it because the moment you have somebody that invests or somebody that's like I'll give you this amount of money that's when you get into the too many cooks in the kitchen situation Mm -hmm. and that's with anything I mean filmmaking though is definitely one of those where people just take complete control and go I know all the answers because I gave the money or I have the money so Mm -hmm. do this and you're like that's me have those big blockbuster multi multi million dollar movies I'm I'm gonna go shut up the dog really quick (laughs) okay it's a squirrel a squirrel attack but those multi-million dollar blockbuster movies that are not hits and everyone just goes, cool, I felt nothing. <laughs> right. You're like, but it looked good, right? Right. <laughs> it's just that whole thing of you kind of have to just take complete control yourself. And in order to take complete control, it's that elephant in the room of you also have to be the one that funds the project. Mm-hmm. And that's not a fun situation for somebody to hear. But I right. mean, it's just saving money and 
start with a short film, go, I'm going to save $5,000 and me and my buddies are all going to come together and we're all going to work for free and we're going to work our little tails off and see what happens and then yeah. you get better and better. Right. And I think that, you know, when you, when it becomes like a passion project, like what, mm-hmm. you know, what was written in in one of the articles that I, that I read, yeah, it's so true that sometimes those passion projects actually end up being just, they, they become like the million dollar goal because you see so much more value in that collection of work than like you said, you do in, in some of these other films and they're just Mm -hmm. literally throwing money at this film because X, Y, Z people are in it and the substance just isn't there. And it's just like, how many superhero movies do we need? Exactly. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, we need more people helping the reality of people in real life than, you know what I'm saying? Like what we can do in Hollywood. Like we all know that Superman is not going to fly down and, and save me um, if there's a car on top of me. So I would, I would much rather have more people or teaching more, you know, kids coming up in film schools, how to really navigate like the indie film, you know, the industry, because I think you just have much more freedom there Mm -hmm. and you have a much better chance of conveying a true message in your work than just subscribing to the Hollywood ticket. And I don't know, maybe I'm like shooting myself in the foot here. No, 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 you're not because so much of, I'll I'll try to be quick in explaining this, but like as an actor, first and foremost, I have spent so much time trying not to, but spending so much time just like waiting, hoping, begging, Maybe someone will put me in something. I hope that I can do the thing that I love to do. And then slowly but surely, you're like, okay, well, let me just start making something. And the more that you're making something, now you're not waiting on other people. Right. And and this very, you're, you're talking about like energy shifts. You know, yep. if you start making the project, suddenly people start gravitating towards that. Mm-hmm. It is so true. How the yep. second you just start, kind of and i'll speak hippie for a second everyone can translate the second you're like i don't even need you universe because i'm doing my movie and i'm busy suddenly you start getting like the bigger auditions and people want you because there's Mm -hmm. this energy shift of like wait you don't want us anymore well well we want you well in the moment that you shift your focus to doing what you love then that that's what grows so Mm -hmm. what what is it the the, yeah there's two wolves there's inside two wolves of you inside of you yes. which one are you feeding so, which one are you feeding exactly yeah feed, that, you, feed the passion wolf yep yep, <laughs> yep. you got to feed the wolf that is is hungry for the mission that you were on because mm-hmm. if you just keep feeding the one that that just tells you like what to do all the time it's you're just going to get nowhere you're just responding yeah. you're you're just you're reacting to life. You're not really, you're not living it. You're just Mm -hmm. reacting to whatever people are throwing you. And at that point, like, what are you going to get? You're going to literally get what people throw at you instead of being like, you know what? F this, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do my thing. You, if you like it, great and wonderful. Keep, you know, jump on the train, but I am not going to sit around and wait for someone to create whatever it is that I want to create because no one is doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So and I think people can smell it too. I think people can smell the desperation on people or mm-hmm. the confidence in people. Mm-hmm. Especially, I, I'm lucky enough that I work with children a lot um, with coachings and auditions and stuff like that. Typically, the kids that blow up quicker than the others are the ones that do not care. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. no fear. They literally just walk into the room and they're like, I don't know. Okay, here, here's the goofy sounds you wanted me to say in this audition. And uh, my mom says I get uh, fast food after this. So bye. I'm excited about the fast food. That versus the, well, I'll, I'll do anything. Do you want me to do it again? I can make it funnier. I I'll can do it slower. I'll jump through this hoop. I'll jump through that hoop. There's right. like, there's a smell to that. And like, nah, you, you want it a little too much. And I'm, I'm people take advantage so, of that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so profoundly guilty of that. And I wish somebody slapped me in the head in my twenties <laughs> way early on. And Ralphie is explaining right now how she feels about that situation as well. Aww. She does not want to jump through hoops either. <laughs> so what do you think is on your horizon after now? Will this, will this movie, like, will it have Oscar contention? Like in the, oh, as God. far as the indie no. films? No? I wish, I wish. No? So that's the thing. And that's the thing that the joke about people in the, um, indie film industry is they don't like the oscars they don't like the emmys why because those are a bunch of blockbuster big money all this a lot of times it's too many cooks in the kitchen and a network said make this and then they make it and that being said there are a lot of fantastic oscar films out there um like parasite that one and that was just one of those like finally people were like oh something outside of the oscar realm and so everybody cheered for that. But no, unfortunately, indie films never get <laughs> any kind of accolades. I could that not disagree up. more. And I look forward to receiving my <laughs> uh, best editing Oscar yes. at the 2023 Oscars. Um, well, no, I think so, that you guys should. Like, I would totally, right? I would totally like, what, you know. Can we, can cool. we start a petition with I your I think we uh, should. I think we should just start our own indie yeah. Oscar. We'll call it something else, but just make a whole new... Maybe the Ralphies. The Ralphies. Make a whole new like award category because so many people go unnoticed with because they're not in Oscar contention. And it's I will say that that might be that might be like Sundance or Toronto Film Festival Mm -hmm. or Tribeca. Like there there are film festivals where just being selected to those film festivals is the industry equivalent of getting nominated for an Oscar Mm -hmm. because the festivals are so difficult to get into Mm -hmm. some of them and and so prestigious. So on our horizon, um, we do, we do have stuff brewing that we can't talk about yet, but we do have like distribution pretty much hammered out meaning that the the hope is that it'll be out out for the world to see by Christmas. And we just have this like gauntlet of film festivals where it's like for the next six months, attend, you know, get accepted to and then attend as many as possible. Mm-hmm. I will perform magic at every one of those sons of bitches, <sighs> make everybody like us and uh, give us more audience awards. And so then when it's comes out out um I'm, sh- I'm sure you've seen trailers before of these yeah. little known movies that have like all of these little awards in the yeah, trailer yeah, yeah, attached yeah, yeah. to it yeah. so people go oh well i don't know that movie 
but I see you have a bunch of shiny stickers at the front of your trailer, so maybe I'll pay attention to it. And that's kind mm. of that's kind of the model we're going with right now. Then we're hoping whatever money we do make on this film will just be again just poured into the next. And yeah. so we have a fun other film coming that we're cu- currently working on. Um yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be, <laughs> you're being way it's too. It's gonna cryptic. be a funny one. Uh- <laughs> Basically, this uh, this film was so emotionally cathartic, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also incredibly difficult. Um, yeah, like, editing and crying all day is not right. Like if you've ever if you've ever just gotten in a really bad argument with somebody you love and it kind of bums you out for the rest of the day and then the next yeah. day you're like I'll be better and you're still kind of bummed the next day. There yeah. was too many of that um, <laughs> mm. editing this. So we've we've made the executive decision of like, all right, movie number two is going to be psychotic and fun. Like, I just want people to be going, <laughs> <laughs> like, like the whole movie. Just a lot um, of fun. Yeah. I'll, no sadness. I'll, g- I'll give you a cryptic uh, log line synopsis. Um, Emily and I, in real life, uh, got $20,000 stolen from us. Um, I remember that. Yeah, I totally remember that. Yes. Okay. So the uh, the premise of the movie is going to be something like this, where we're going to go like uh, the first thirty minutes of this movie actually literally happened, and the remaining hour is kind of what we wish we could have done to that fucker. Mm. Just like what we only imagined. Only imagined. So just think a bunch of blood and gore and fun. But. Like I loved the Saw movies growing up. Mm-hmm. I always, I grew up on gory mo- movies, and there's just something I love about dark, twisted humor and gore, and just weird wit. Like there's something so like. Cool have you about seen Cabin in me. the Woods? No. Oh, must must you you must <laughs> okay. Cabin in the Woods. I have all kinds of stuff here. Okay, yes. When when, when, when people ask me and my roommate Scott Williamson would do jumping jacks, he's not a, your, your roommate anymore. No, but, no, but for, <laughs> I am now your yeah, roommate for over a decade. Uh, <laughs> he still refers to him as my roommate. And I'm like okay. Emily, Emily's a cleaner roommate, but Scott was much better at Call of Duty. Yes. Um. But uh, I'll I'll, I'll admit that you you should you know since we're friends you should go watch (laughs) cabin in the woods because it is the absolute perfect blend of horror gore and like roller coaster fun like actual belly laughs fun mixed in with gore and that that is the recipe that i hope to uh to replicate a little bit Mm -hmm. with with this next movie and we can expect this in 2020. Oh, 74 years because the timeline <laughs> that all this shit takes to write and find people like Christ almighty. In oh 74 years, you will see this film and it will be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> You'll be able to download it into your eyelids. Yeah, we made... I mean, we made the decision to make this movie Christmas of 2020 and it'll be coming out Christmas, Christmas of 2022, 2022, which actually is like... Just about on par slash short to create something, edit it and, and release it so that for, for all you aspiring actors and filmmakers out there, that's like the basis of my anxiety, because if you're not, yeah, if you're not making something right now, it means that, you know, eight months from now, you don't have anything coming out. Mm, So you gotta be doing something now to reap the rewards, right? you know? Yeah. And the crummy thing is, is 
with our lives, there's this really weird balance that I don't think either of us have really figured out just yet. Like we have all these plates constantly spinning because if that plate drops, well, I need six other plates to keep spinning and that Mm -hmm. might come out next year, but this needs to come out in six months. And I need that, like, there's just has to have this constant battle and we haven't quite figured out the balance of, Hey, you're doing okay. (laughs) I never will. I never will. (laughs) Like we haven't, like, I don't know. I also think it's just COVID has really mind fucked us that we're like okay okay this is our chance it might get shut down any second now go 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 and it's like this funny situation in our minds where I feel like we're not allowed to have fun and that yeah I can see that I can (laughs) see that but you also have to you have to flip the switch on that and you have to be that you know you have to be that person that's just kind of like you you know we were talking about you know the kids that don't care Mm -hmm. you know you kind of got to be that same that same, that same kid, you know, you have to, you have to look at it as anything. Like we have such choice in everything that we do energetically, whatever we put out and whatever, obviously energy we are feeling is what we are reflecting back to us. So if we're looking at a state of lack and we're freaking out and where's this going to come from and all the things, that's what we're going to get. So I'm not saying throw all care to the wind. No, but you know, you guys are between the two of you are incredibly talented and you know you just have so much to offer the planet that I I can't imagine like you guys not getting it all figured out seriously you have it figured out now you just don't realize it right and I think that is the the thing of like we used I I do think it was like a COVID thing for us just because everything got hit so hard beforehand we were like 50 like 75 25 75 percent of the time we worked hard 25 percent we knew how to like let go and have a crazy time and I mean you met me when I was only fun (laughs) when I was I teach yoga to kids I do this 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 teach theater I that all my things were all about that and now Mm -hmm. it's like well, I think it's because it, it, it got taken away. Well, it got and taken we away. Know, so now we, we value it, it so much. Yeah. Right. But we're trying to loosen the grip. And that's something that I learned also in yoga a while back is just loosen the grip, let go, like stop white knuckling life right now. And yep. so that's something that I'm having. I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, but that's one thing that I'm having to kind of redirect my mind. And that's where like the whole fitness and relaxation and doing things for yourself every day. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm probably speaking. And we're just going hardcore on the, like, let's stop working and chill out for a hot second. Yeah. And this, this is probably a little tangential, but it seems like everything. I told you you we talk about. Yeah. Every, we don't shut up. Yeah, we don't shut up. Everything you see online (laughs) is uh, these Kim Kardashian memes being like, you just need to work. You just need to get up and put in the work. P.S. It helps if your father was an incredibly successful lawyer with right. millions of dollars, right. but you have to work, you know? Right. And so I know for me, like, I don't know how to make my brain be quiet. Lexapro helps. Um, if anyone, like I'm telling you for me personally, like talk Fair to your doctor, me. but <laughs> holy shit, therapy and Lexapro, like game changer drug for me. Um, but there's this idea of, well, if you wake up, and work, 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 then you will reap the reward right around the corner. But the flagpole keeps moving. Yes. So where where's the corner? 
Right. You don't know where the corner is because the second you turn the corner, there's another corner. Correct. And there's another hill and there's another thing. And, and that's the thing in your like your mind. You need to be like, hey, I did it. Yeah. I'm doing it. I can celebrate. And that's something we're trying mm-hmm. to reteach ourselves right now. So, but you I know, know I, I think that with society, it it's created this, like you said, like with the Kardashian thing, it's, it's just, it's so put out there that like, you know, you want to make, you know, have a million dollar launch or you want to have a, this money, or you want to have this or the yacht or the jet or all the things. And it's like, what if you're just happy in doing what you're doing and you want to be uh, working at Target at the cashier or being a manager of Target or being a whatever. And, and that's your happy. Like, mm-hmm. why do we have to keep pushing that we need the yacht? Okay. The yacht would be great. And the, and the vacation home in Hawaii would be even more fabulous. But if you having more peace of mind and being peaceful within our own selves, that's priceless. Mm-hmm. which is why our we we must travel internationally this year you know clearly covid derailed that but uh emily and i every year for thanksgiving would travel to a country where we don't speak the language never and been to never been to don't know anything about um our phones don't work because i find personally i do the most growing when I can go spend, like, I'm, I'm not saying go for a weekend, like 10 days, absorb the culture. And you come mm-hmm. to find that everybody just wants a full belly and a warm bed and friends and family and a roof over their head. It's to your point, it's very simple. We tend mm-hmm. to overcomplicate things right. profoundly. Mm-hmm. And getting to travel, I mean, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Greece, Thailand, Iceland, mm-hmm. I mean, Germany, Italy, you find, and we love going to Airbnbs because then you get to meet more people and just how they live. And right. um, we Americans, yeah, we complicate shit. And anytime you're in, we like, make life, we make really life hard. so much more difficult. <laughs> anytime you're in Southeast Asia and, uh, and Europe, they're like, you know that we like drink tea in the middle of the day. And it's lovely. In Italy, Mm -hmm. we just take a four-hour siesta break. Yeah. And we hang out with our families and we chill. And then we go back to work. And we don't work at this time. And it's like, Of of course, I don't know the political climate of any of those places. But, you know, I love love that. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to, like, find that new balance again of what we used to have, where we used to throw all care at the wind and go, all right, phones are off for two weeks. We're just hanging out with people we don't know. And gonna be in a jungle no one talks to us <laughs> yeah to okay now I have to do this 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 is this and that's why I think also right. um talking about just putting your money towards things that make you happy mm-hmm. like travel but also when we do make money on breathing happy taking that money and not going all right let's now buy a bunch of clothes instead of being like okay let's do the next project because mm-hmm. when are we right. happiest when we're working with people that we like because when you're in charge of the movie you get to hire the people that you like which mm-hmm. is really not huge huge deal yeah <laughs> and, and you maybe get have somebody else edit so that you're yeah not right editing. well I now mean, now he's yeah. fine he's now like, now that i've you. done right now that cut i've done all this year shit. he's gonna yeah. be like why did i not do <laughs> well here's the thing like creative editing is fine 
Yeah. But it was it was three weeks minimum of me labeling all of the files and syncing all of the audio to video and figuring out, oh, what's the difference between uh, H.264 files and what is uh, is all the aspect ratio correct? And what is the frame rate of everything? Is that all correct? And Very why fun. is why is transcoding messing up? And why why is this sequence not working? And why is this project crashing? And oh, you need to create a new blah, 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 like. I didn't know any of that crap, you know, as a 33 year old having to just be like, okay, I guess learn it. So, but now that I know it, I'm like, all right, well now I might as well edit the second one because I know what I'm doing. It couldn't possibly, famous last words, got a knock on something, Mm -hmm. couldn't possibly be harder than the first one. And maybe what you could do to create your passive income. So while you are in the jungle with your phones off doing whatever the jungle people do, you could have just a course, like a mini course that you create on how to make a basic indie film with all of your coding and all of the things that you had to go through. And you have an amazing person sitting next to you that could probably put it all together for you in a nice, pretty package. Right. And there, and there's your passive income. And I'm telling you, you probably have more people buying something like that because I don't know. I haven't researched to see if there's a program out there that teaches you how to do kind of just the basic ins and outs, but yeah, luckily YouTube tutorials are your friend. Bless you. Bless YouTube tutorials. I will tell you right now, I 98 times out of a hundred, any problem that I have run into, if there's anything I can like give aspiring filmmakers as someone who is very stupid when it comes to computers and editing, anytime I would run into a problem, you can mm-hmm. type curse words into youtube be like why the shit did the stupid <laughs> fucking premiere project crash when i applied a d-reverb filter for the, the 74th time this. yeah and you're not the first person to have that and there's going to be some really well-worded three and a half minute video by somebody smarter than you being like oh you just need to click this and unclick that and restart your computer and, and they're always so calm and they're always right? so calm <laughs> always. and it works and it helps yeah always they're always so calm about it clearly because they're not because they're doing it just because they know how to do it and they're just they're just doing it whereas you're asking for that because you're in the middle of an edit that needs to be done like yesterday and you're tired yeah. of looking at it and you're frustrated and you just want it to be fixed yeah so two totally different energetics behind that <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely mm. Is there anything, well, there's probably a million questions that I didn't ask you that you probably could answer fabulous answers to, but is there anything that you would want people to know about either the movie or about your process that we haven't talked about today that you must share? Uh, Step by step. Like we had to accomplish the thing that was right in front of us, knowing that the mountain is there, but mm-hmm. it was like step one. Okay. We have to make a whole bunch of money that will go towards this movie. What is the simplest, quickest, most effective way to do that? So mm-hmm. we sell, we sold these rainbow home cleaning systems in the heart of Texas over the course when of, when we had no job, when we had no, <laughs> when we had no job, right. Um, get it done get it done right so that was able to get us to the point where okay now Shane call up your friends and find out how can you budget and schedule and pull off a movie for $20,000 
Um, And then buy the hard drives and the computers. And then, okay, well, now that's accomplished. Now you have to cast it. Now you have to do whatever. People will underestimate what they can accomplish over the course of a year and overestimate what they can accomplish in a short period of time. And I kind of kept telling myself, look, a year from now, you will be happy that you have a movie under your belt as where if you just keep doing what you're doing, you will not have that. So what's better to -hmm. have the movie or to not have the movie. So do the work, shoulder the burden. And I I do have one other thing that'll help my, my producing friend, David Lawson Jr. Who's such a genius and such a dear friend. And he's so profoundly helpful producing this film. Um, He sent me the clip from uh, uh, League of Their Own the the female baseball movie right mm-hmm. that that's the right name of the movie right i think so yeah where yeah. where the scene where uh the the star pitcher is going to get on the bus and go make her babies and stop playing baseball and she was like you know it just got too hard and tom hanks has that wonderful speech where he's like it's supposed to be hard mm-hmm. if it wasn't hard everyone would do it right it's supposed to be hard and right. so he he would just say dude I know it's poetic and simple, but anytime things are getting really hard, just watch this fun little two minute clip and just remember it is supposed to be hard, you know, but at the same time, it was a wonderful and helpful experience because of Emily's help and everybody else's help. It was, it was difficult, but fun at the same time. Also growth, that's where growth happens. And that's where you just kind of have to look inward and go, okay, (laughs) this sucks. (laughs) <laughs> but what's the end result going to be? What's the end result going to be if you don't do it? What's the end result going to be if you do do it? Mm-hmm. And that's just with anything in life. You just kind of have to look at things and go, okay, and plan for it and go, all right, if I want to get to that point, I need to do X, Y, Z, blink, 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 and then right. check it off and move forward and go, cool. I grew a little bit. Now next <laughs> step. And there's Ralphie barking at the squirrel. <laughs> that's why we tried to ha- pawn her off on there, the neighbor yeah there is no room to put her in where she won't oh that's okay <laughs> no dogs don't oh she is Ralphie, anything you want to say so adorable just so <laughs> cute also having a dog around helps a lot oh with the stress god getting a dog was the greatest thing <laughs> so she helpful. doesn't care what you do as long right? as have love in right. your and give her treats. Also, anyone who's watching this podcast, watching, listening to the podcast that uh, does not know the visual, you must follow Zerchinator or Shane Brady actor because all it is is our Muppet of a fake <laughs> dog. That's just this fluffy, fake cartoon stuffed animal thing that is alive that gives us love. That yes. is so great. Super adorable. So what would you say breathing happy means to you what does it mean for you to breathe happy you start that one i am very thankful that i was able to make a project like this with a happy ending Mm. because a lot of people don't have happy endings and really shittily i mean i can rattle off people who died because of it and then during the casting process i mean Brittany escalante who plays my sister and augie duke who plays my sister both of them i mean augie lost a brother to an od 
a year before we filmed and Brittany lost her grandmother for very similar situation. Oh, she had a, I, I won't, I'm not airing her family's dirty laundry, but there was a thing that happened that um, right. got, got the grandma to pass away because of addiction. And it's like, you know, throw, throw a rock into a crowd and you're going to hit 12 people who are like, yep, me too. Addictions affected me too. Um, and it was really important for me to explore it from all angles, tell a true story, but have a happy ending. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I I won't sugarcoat it and I won't say it out loud. There's been way too many times with a vast majority of people where it's like, I'm done. I'm over it. There is no point arguing with a zombie. Right. If 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 you leave this plane of existence, it will only make people happier because all you're doing is making people cry. Right. And I want the people to stop crying because of your inability to take care of yourself. Right. And, and that's truly, sadly, that is not directed at one person or one scenario. It's directed at many. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, not, not, not quite sure how to wrap that one up with a bow, but yeah, that was good. Pretty dark, pretty quick. She asked you what makes you breathe happy. <laughs> no, I know, but that's the shitty thing is like, no, but like, no, I mean, he can, he can I mean, answer it however he, he wants to answer it. Like it's a yeah. completely open-ended question. What makes him like, like at the end of the day. No what is it that, you know, either what, what breathing happy means to him or what makes him breathe happy either Mm -hmm. way, however he wanted to. And and if his brain went to that aspect, then that's what he was supposed to answer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I should have (laughs) ended on a downward, downward inflection. No, I mean, Wrap it up. The with fact the bow, that with the yeah, bow. happy happiness always end on a happy. Ending the movie on a happy ending. The fact that uh, years ago I would not think that healing was possible for me, and now that I have reached that point, it's a wonderful feeling, and I'm happy to have gotten there. And then, uh, how do I breathe happy? Magic hockey and guitar. <laughs> if I go play hockey, I'm happy. If I'm doing magic tricks, I'm happy. If I'm playing guitar, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily. Emily. So and and I'm gonna judge her answer too. I was to it- I wasn't <laughs> judging you. I was just you went you went into the five years ago, I would have only made an angry thing and I you just didn't end it with healing is possible. Okay. <laughs> I was just looking for your healing portion. Um, I had a song prepared, but you no, had a I song. Just, yeah. This whole <laughs> I call it my happy healing song. I have a ukulele and everything, but now I just I'm too embarrassed. Too embarrassed. Um, so I think, I mean, the movie Breathing Happy means one, I mean, just not even movie related, just entirely behind the scenes related. You can do whatever you need to do and whatever you want to do, as long as you have great people by your side. Mm-hmm. The film, the whole cast are people that we're very close with, that were very deserving of these roles in the crew was the best crew you could find and they all were ready to just get behind a project that they were really happy about and that they wanted to be a part of even Mm -hmm. though the funds weren't there exactly we did what we could with what we had and they knew that and it's kind of this fun punk rock thing of like all right we're all going in and we're all going to work these long hours together we're gonna have a lot of fun and 
we only had positive experiences on set because we all just were working towards a shared goal and because everybody was passionate about it and because everybody was in their element. I mean, that's what you need for anything, for any kind of work environment. You just need people that are in their element, that are happy doing what they want to do, that feel appreciated and know that they are worth something. And all these people felt that from everyone. I mean, the cast felt it, the crew felt it. I mean, we even had, is it okay for me to, I guess, talk about Ryan? Wow. Way to end on a downer. No, it's going to be a happy thing. I promise. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so I'm just giving a shit. Uh, yeah, he's, well, this is, this is just our relationship. Yeah. Both, uh, romantically and professionally. Yeah. Edited, (laughs) fully edited, but yeah. 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 We don't, we don't edit much. Um, one of the people that worked on the crew had talked, like sent this really, can I actually just read it? I'm going to read it because it's, it's really sweet. So, and I'm just going to preface this by saying when you give people the opportunity to do what they are good at, and they haven't ever had that opportunity before, like everybody thrives. So just, this is something that we, a message we actually got just recently from yeah so there's so there's this guy ryan berman he's a really kick-ass member of the crew also i'd be remiss to not mention jesse carlson and frank bifulco how you pronounce his last name but right like we have all these awesome crew members who come out who work impossible hours and they don't argue and they're happy and um ryan is one of these guys he did um our set decoration and art decoration as well as being an assistant camera operator and helping lug gear and move lights wearing like many hats. wearing many hats so he said hey dude just wanted to say how much of a privilege it is to work with you and witness what you do getting to work with you on these projects has been awesome and fun it's elating and strangely in some respects heartbreaking to see breathing happy unanimously connect with audiences i'm excited to see this film's future in the festival circuit and then beyond and then i re- responded with the you know thank you so much we appreciate you and then he said i honestly have a lot of social insecurities but filmmaking and honestly working with you and evan and his connections and just the fact that evan who's our director of photography has been an amazing friend as well and the stuff we work on together i feel a certain sense of confidence and trust that allows me to progress creatively in different avenues. I did industrial arts with my father and it doesn't feel like I got these opportunities or trust to step up to certain challenging aspects of the work I did at many points in time working with my dad to challenge myself. Evan has been an amazing influence in providing a certain level of trust and avenues to build confidence in a line of creating uh, creative work. Uh, we just filmed a quick insert. We just did a short film in LA and he starts talking about this. This summer camp project with the blast shoot was educational, not just for the kids, but for all of us. I felt a really great sense of everyone having an opportunity to learn something besides the students themselves. Uh, There was this one kid, Jackson, aside from being there to act, had some curiosities about our cameras and me being able to show him some things about cameras and pulling focus. It was really fulfilling for me. Aside from the sort of less pressured atmosphere to hone in on my first AC skills. Thank you again. Right. So like getting to get Mm -hmm. this, like such a sweet message from somebody just basically being like, Hey, thanks for letting me. Thanks for letting me do what I want to do. And, and like I said, on my sets, you know, when, when I talk to Ryan first off and like, Hey, what do you want to do? What, what makes you happy? What makes you get up in the morning? And he's like, 
well, I'm happy to help pull focus on camera, but I would love to get into more art design and, and set decoration and stuff like that. So I'm breathing happy. I was like, cool. Can you make a door? Like you can be in charge of the golden door and you can be in charge of X, Y, and Z. And then we just did this space project. And I was like, Take control. I'll, I'll help you, but here you go. I'll send all this stuff from Amazon to your house. Make me a little bit of this and that. And that's what gets him excited is, oh, cool. I get to tinker in my lab and make all these cool things that are going to be on mm-hmm. set and affix them to the characters and stuff. So then when the movie comes out, there's just one other person that gets to point to something and go, oh, I made that. Oh, right. I see that thing right, right there. I did that. And it's really cool. Right. And it just goes back into the energetics of when you, when you have that collective of people that are in the vibe of doing the stuff that they love, everybody is, is all on board and everyone is super focused and, and just energetically aligned in the project. You just have that much better of a production. Yeah, You know what I mean? There's not this, this, you know, tug of war of, you know, who's in charge and my work is better than yours and you're going to do what I say. And I'm sure you've you've probably seen, right. All the ego stuff, but it's great that, you know, you've taken this project and you've really created, I I think a really cool um, and, and very, you know, Oscar worthy, (laughs) Caroline, Oscar worthy, tried and true worthy film. And I am like, I, I'm, Super excited to see it eventually when it comes out because I cannot get to Miami to see it. Um, and too bad you're not coming to Orlando or Tampa that I could see it there. But we'll for sure. I mean, it'll be out for the world to see by Christmas, but we for okay. sure will be in Tampa at sometime next year as like our mm-hmm. last hurrah. Like that's already in the works yeah. because so many people from Tampa worked on the film. There's a there's a film festival there that wants to. The host us as the last okay so definitely when you guys are going to be there in tampa yeah. that's like a hop skip for me so yeah you gotta let me know if i may there's one more thing i want to say there, there's an article about it but you know talking about respecting your peers and crew and stuff like that even though we were a micro budget making this movie for twenty thousand dollars there were two days on set that we went overtime maybe like a half hour mm-hmm. or like an hour or something like that and in the hollywood world overtime means lots and lots of money and Mm -hmm. a lot of times people try to get it under the radar and be like yeah like on indies they'll just like whoever the unit production manager is or the first ad there will just be this elephant in the room of like nope do another take because who's gonna really bitch about it yeah who's gonna complain about a half hour you know and everyone kind of grumbles and do whatever the two days that that happened i handed my credit card to i think jamie our exec producer did it one one of the days but i said go buy a bunch of beer and order some pizzas. And I'm also sending everybody like a hundred dollar gift card on Amazon. Just, just, and, and I told them that as we're going into overtime, like, Hey, I think we need another half hour to make our day. I'm sending you guys Amazon <laughs> gift cards and beer and pizzas on the way. And just by doing that, mm-hmm. when we're done and we were wrapped, you know, the, the guys and gals came up to both of us individually. And we're like, Hey, that goes a really long way. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that that goes, but it's, it's respect because I've done so many gigs for free where you're eating subway cold. It's been sitting out for 10 hours and no yeah. one's giving you anything. You're going into your 15th yeah, hour. You're going into your 15th hour. No, nothing. <laughs> and then additionally, um, I, I made sure that everybody was looped in for points on the back end. I don't know if the movie will make money and, and if they'll even get their fun bonus checks, but if there was a universe where somebody handed us, you know, when it's all said and done, like a hundred thousand dollars, 
then like it didn't feel right for me to be like cool now i have an extra 60,000 in my pocket or something or whatever it would be right no right i want i would truly genuinely in the marrow of my bones rather cut 600 700,000 dollar checks here and there so everybody feels appreciated and a part of the mm-hmm. thing because then it begets more work and then it goes into the right. next thing and then people right. want to work with you and they'll, and they'll give you their, their heart. You right. know? What is it? Who is it? Steven Spielberg that has had the same crew for 20 something yeah, years. Yeah. If you're a production assistant on Spielberg's movies, you've been his PA for the better half of three decades. Wow. Just because everyone respects each other and there's an energetic just they all get it and that's just the thing with any work environment but especially in the entertainment industry we're so easy to go well they try to feed you the work for the opportunity not Mm -hmm. for the money but the opportunity doesn't pay the bills especially in los angeles and so they kind of just get you into this vicious cycle of no it's fun you're learning from the best and you're like yeah i am but that person just made millions and I'm really making rent. If if (laughs) anybody to go to McDonald's for the dollar menu. Exactly. (laughs) If anybody's not familiar, copy credit meal is the biggest joke on the planet. Copy credit meal means that you're, you're working for somebody's project and they're going to give you a copy of whatever production you did. Right. So Mm -hmm. like a copy of the short or the movie, which you will never get ever, ever. I've done a billion of those things. Not once has anyone ever zero percent has anyone ever given me the copy of the thing that they've made credit well guess what if you act in something call me crazy you should probably be credited somewhere in the credits because you did it right and then meal it's like oh oh i get i get to get food on my 15 Mm -hmm. days in the rain and 20 degree whatever the hell jumping out of the volcano but yes i get upset I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) Yes. So again, we're trying to find that fine balance. Yeah. (laughs) Bringing it on back to finding that fine balance of you work really hard. You just are good to other people and we still just need to let go and let loose. And we've done the first two. We worked hard. We're good to people. Now it's time to let go and let loose. (laughs) And I don't do drugs. So how do you let loose? Yeah. Someone tell me. (laughs) Beach. I don't know. We don't we know how to let loose. We just haven't had, <laughs> had a chance to let loose. Yeah. That's yeah. where the jungle comes into play. Right. Yeah. That's where your jungle comes into play and your um passive course income comes into play while you're in the jungle with no phone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I know we never got to talk about magic. And I love magic. But maybe we'll save that for another episode. But yeah, we can do we can do a magic dedicated episode and I can dedicated talk about, magic episode. Yeah. Do yeah. you we can who, talk about your version of magic, the what you do in life that is oh also- my version of magic? Yeah, my version of magic. Call it like versions of ma- color, uh, shades of magic, shades of magic, shades fifty of magic. shades of magic. Yeah. Shane Brady. Yeah, that would probably go over real well. <laughs> Instead of versions of magic, virgins of magic. Which is <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think this has been a really cool conversation and and I think there I think you really also should look into like doing magic in in rehab centers. I know you have a thousand things on your list to do. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, like maybe that would be something to think about. I like it. I really like that idea. Um okay, now that we did our warm up, just when when you want to hit record and start the podcast. <laughs> 
we can. <laughs> told you. We could like Dude, literally. I could sit here and talk for. I could yeah. literally like talk your heads off probably for another two hours myself because yeah. I am just like I love learning about what other people do, and mm-hmm. then I like to just find like all of the just the intricacies of, of how your business, you know, works. And can I infuse some of that into my work that I do and, and what can I do to maybe help, you know, help your, you know, bring more energy and business, you know, into your, somebody else's work. And so it's, it's, it's just fascinating to me. Like, I just love, I love people. I love talking to people. I love listening to stories. I love magic, always loved magic. And I, there's that five-year-old in me that will, always just find I don't care like I don't really care to know how you did the magic trick I don't even want to know don't tell me just just do it just just let me be mesmerized let me just not think about life and just be all involved in the magic yep I agree I love it I love just turning my brain on you know as a magician a lot of people ask like "Ooh, when you watch magic tricks are you just trying to figure out how they did it the whole time I'm like no like I'm, I'm looking really, at Mickey yeah. Mouse at Disney World and being like, who's under there? Yeah, like, yeah. I wonder what you look like behind that. Like, genuinely, I don't think I smile wider than when we're at the Magic Castle and somebody just starts doing something that I'm like, oh, I've never seen this before. Wait, mm-hmm. what are they doing? And I'm not trying to figure out anything. Right. I just want to enjoy because that's that's the the secret sauce for me that's that Mm -hmm. golden pool of light that we're all trying to touch right yeah well kids it's been fun (laughs) it has been fun it's been real and i'm again so excited that i got to interview the super couple of 2022 and i wish you guys all of the super duper popcorn scary luck at your (laughs) next (laughs) film festival and i'm sorry that i cannot be there because it sounds like a lot of fun and you're like in my hometown of miami but yeah i'm super happy for you guys like couldn't happen to more two deserving people and i know you have a whole cast and you have a crew and you have all the people but you know you were the one that came up with it so i know you have your people that have helped and you've got all your friends and all the things but remember it was like you that came up with the decision to put it into the universe for the rest of us to enjoy. And it's probably going to save many lives. It's going to encourage, you know, family members and friends. And and it's just going to, you know, the ripple effect of hope will just be traveling through the ethers as people, you know, see this film. And, and I'm really just, um, I'm happy I get to be somewhat a part of, of the journey so that, that is so kind thank you so much we're excited to party with you in tampa and watch the film with you when that come that day yes. comes. you definitely need to let me know so that yes. i can i can get myself over there and yeah we can do this together so but thank you very much and thank you tell your doggy i said thank you too for making <laughs> her appearance you did she made her little debut she yep. does. good job ralph <laughs> you did a good job and Way we will um, we'll be in touch. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your week. You Thank as well. You for starting my week. Super fabulous. And um, yeah, we will definitely chat soon.
Yes. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the show today. I really appreciate and value your time. If you think that someone else could use a listen to this episode, please do me a favor and share. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I hope you have an amazing day and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Remember, direction is everything. Nothing changes if nothing changes and the choice is always yours. Bye, my friends.